So hi and welcome to the New Graph Physio podcast. I've got an extra special episode today. So I think we're pretty close to 50 episodes of the podcast and I've got my first ever guest. Um, so I'm delighted to um, to invite Dave Fahe onto, onto the podcast. So the reason I wanted to bring Dave on specifically was to talk a bit about his experiences as both a student and transitioning into the sort of real world of, of work and, and really just to talk to him directly about his experiences during that transition and making that sort of, I guess, that tough um, move from being a student and, and into the real world working in a variety of different experiences. So I don't want to give too much away, but but Dave's had experience working in a variety of different areas as a, as a physiotherapist. So probably a great place to start, Dave, would just be, if you want to tell the, the guys listening just a little bit about yourself, where you're from, a bit about your journey from, from student to, to where you're working at the moment. Yeah, that's great, Jeff. Thanks, Andy, for having me on. Um, yeah, so I started off originally, uh, I actually started off in sports science. I uh, done a degree back in Ireland, back in Dublin. Um, once I finished that, then I got a bit of experience working in a place called Athlete Performance, which was uh, with like sports scientists, S&C coaches, physios. That kind of gave me an appreciation for uh, for the physiotherapy side of it. Um, I applied for a few different unis and got into Leeds Beckett, uh, qualified in 2018. And then from then, as Andy said, I've worked in a few different areas uh, once I graduated. Um, so started off in the NHS. Um, so I got my first job as a band five rotational physio. And uh, I'd done only around six months in it, to be honest, um, before another op- uh, before another opportunity came up. Um, so I'd done two areas in it. I'd done ICU and elderly medicine, um, which kind of developed a bit of clinical reasoning skills for me. Uh, but I was lucky enough, I suppose, when I was a student that I had a lot of MSK placements. So again, that kind of reaffirmed my interest in that area. Um, so I, when I was qualified as well, I also got a job with Barnsley Football Club. So I was kind of doing that on the side as a part-time physio. So a few evenings, uh, clinics a week uh, and the matches on the weekend. Um, and then from there, then um, I always knew that I kind of wanted to go into MSK side of things, really, to be honest with you. Uh, just from the experience that I had and the background that I had, but I was kind of struggling to get into it, but I kind of used a few contacts and they set me up with a few interviews and I was lucky enough to get an interview with a private practice after that. Um, interview went really well and then I transitioned out of the NHS into private practice and that was a bit more what I wanted to do, was a bit more of the, the patient and caseload that I wanted to deal with. Um, and I suppose from the exposure that I had with Barnsley, um, it was a bit more MSK based as well, so I was happy out. Um, so I was treating a number of different patients in there, a bit of sport and stuff. Um, a bit of um, insurance patients as well, self-referrals, so it gave me a bit of a broad uh, overview of, of, of different patient groups. Um, but I suppose when I was working with Barnsley at the side, I still knew that I kind of wanted to go into kind of a more of a sporting background. Um, so then, as I said, I was, I was lucky enough then to, to apply for another job in elite sport from there. Um, so uh, I applied for a job with uh, Leeds United Football Club um and got uh, got the job as um uh, lead academy physio um for Leeds academy cool so that's all happened obviously quite quite quickly in in many yeah. respects and um you know did you did you foresee looking back to your maybe your student days that you'd be be where you're at now probably so quickly uh no to be honest with you um it was quite of a quick transition to, uh, i would have imagined that you know i would have done the the usual kind of transition into the NHS, somewhere rotations, maybe done a lot more rotations than I did, to be honest with you, got a bit more of a grounding and 
you know, probably went into a static band five or, or progressed onto a static band six. But um, as I said, I was, I was lucky enough and I developed a good network around me to facilitate my transition in a, in a really quick, quick manner. Cool. And, and you mentioned uh, before when you were talking, you, I guess that transition from the NHS role that you had into private practice, you, <clears throat> you mentioned that you had some, like, I guess, contacts. Could you tell us a bit more about that or how you were able to, um, and not, not about giving out maybe names and things like that, but uh, in terms of what, what contacts you had and how that helped you to, to make that transition from the NHS post and into private practice? Yes, that's fair enough. Yeah. So as I said, I was really lucky when I was a student. Well, I was lucky and I kind of forced it in a little bit of a way as well. I got on really well with the, um, the one of the lectures that was uh, involved in, in organising placements. So she kind of put me on a few MSK based ones and, uh, you know, I highlighted to her that I really wanted to go on, a, on an elite sport one as well as I could, uh, whether it was rugby, whether it was football, anything at all, I would have jumped that. Uh, she put me into Barnsley, so I was delighted with that. Um, I got a great relationship with the, uh, with the physio in there. Um, and he basically had a lot of contacts as well and kind of, you know, I was kind of looked out for me. He said, once you, once you graduate, et cetera, there's always a job for you here, uh, which was brilliant. And I, and, I, and, I, and I got into that job. So that was, that was one contact at the Barnsley for me. And then for the NHS into the private practice, uh, again, it was through Barnsley Football Club that I had a contact that referred me onto this practice. Um, and yeah, through, through, that re- through that reference, then I was lucky enough to get a really good reference from them. Uh, done, done an okay interview, obviously, as well. Uh, and get into the private private practice from there. Cool. So obviously the private practice post came about from a placement as a student at Barnsley, and obviously doing a yeah. doing a good job there. Which is obviously that's how I guess to to put a little add a bit more to that. That's, that's how a lot of I guess opportunities come up sometimes for, for new grads. And and there's a there's a phrase that's all often banded around that it's not sometimes I guess what you know and who you know. And I think there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of wrong in that sort of phrase because it's, it's definitely not, not the case because, I, you know, and, and you'll know yourself now having worked in those environments, to, to go into an environment, regardless of whether it's the NHS, private practice or sport, you, you obviously need to be able to walk the walk. You need to be competent with your skills to be able to do your job well and, and nobody's going to give you a job just because they know you or they, they may and they feel like they're going to do you a favour. You have to have those, I guess, those clinical competences to be able to do your job well. But I think that... The, the, the massive advantage that you've got if you've been in an environment and you've done a good job and people have seen you in the flesh, you know, working with other therapists, with other staff, communicating with the MDT, you know, working with players, patients, whatever it may be, you know, there's, I guess there's less risk associated with employing you, say, in that role because they've actually seen you do it in real life. Whereas, you know, you're setting yourself apart from another therapist applying for the same role. Um, who's just another, I guess, a name on a CV or a letter application. And, and you might, you two might go for the interview together and be very evenly matched in how you perform in the interview room. But because you've, um, they've seen you in that environment, uh, I think you're always going to obviously put yourself apart. And I'm not saying that's the, 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 the um, only reason, um, but it's probably uh, a reason that's obviously helped you to sort of do that. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And, and as I said, like, the reference that the job receives as well, it, it kind of highlights and outlines exactly what you've done, uh, your, your experience to date, how you performed in that placement, more importantly, when you're a student or how you performed when you're on the job as well. And obviously they will check those references. So um, if you do develop a really good relationship and you have a good clinical skill set that you've advertised or you've, you've kind of implemented while you're on, on placement or, or when you're working there, it'll only benefit you. Yeah. So I think that as well, I think one of the main issues that, that 
everyone has um, students, new grads, and even experienced therapists sometimes is almost selling yourself. And it's not thing, something that I know, I'm sort of talk for myself, like it's not naturally something that I find easy. And a lot of therapists and, and people generally don't find it, I guess, that hard to, I find it quite hard, should I say, to actually showcase your best skills and attributes. I think sometimes we are quite good at highlighting what we're not so good at, our weaknesses, but then being able to showcase what you're good at is often quite hard. Um, so to get that across in a, on a CV or even in an interview could sometimes be very difficult. Uh, and I think that's part of, of almost how we're taught. Aren't we? We're sometimes taught to focus on the weaknesses and obviously build those up, which is obviously important, but sometimes maybe not um, focus on our strength. It's sometimes if we neglect those strengths, that's ultimately what, what makes us good at, at what we do. Uh, I think if you can harness that, and the point we're probably alluding to there is, even if you aren't able to do that well or as well as you'd like yourself, if you can get someone else to do that for you, which is like a reference, I think you're, it's just so so easy if someone else is telling someone else how good you are at certain things or what your best skills and attributes you almost don't have to do it yourself which again sometimes can be quite uncomfortable for for a lot of therapists yeah no definitely yeah absolutely couldn't highlight that enough to be honest cool so one, one thing i wanted to ask you dave was when you were um, i guess both working in the nhs and the private practice role you were combining that with the role like you mentioned at barnsley and how how did you how did you find that because no Having done similar sort of things, I appreciate that's a big draw of your time and obviously you have a bit of travel associated with getting down to Barnsley and obviously not living in that area. And how do you sort of manage, I guess, your time and, and everything else with sort of combining those roles together? Yeah, fair enough. No, it, at the start, I'm not going to lie, it was quite tiring, especially because I'd literally just started in the NHS and, you know, you're kind of used to, after the five weeks come along, that your placement's over and that's it, you finish. But once you start a job, that kind of ends. So you're rolling on months later and, when I got the job in Barnsley, it was the first week I started in the NHS as well. So I paired the two together from the start. Um, so, then, you know, there is days where you come from the job and you're absolutely shattered mentally and, and, and physically and emotionally as well, especially from an area like ICU. Um, and you're going to Barnsley, but I, I kind of use it as a hobby as well because I loved it so much. Um, I had a massive interest in sport anyway. So I was just happy to be around the environment and see what was going on with the players and the coaches and uh, how the club was developing, etc. So it kind of made it a little bit easier for me to go to Barnsley, even though there was a lot of travel involved. Um, as I said, I viewed it as a hobby and something that I really, really enjoyed. Um, when I was a student there, I developed really good uh, relationships with not just the, the physios, but the coaches as well. So it was nice to go back and see them and, you know, the part-time physios as well. I'd done a bit of shadow in the evening clinics when I was a student. Uh, I knew a few of the SNC coaches as well from being a student as well. So it was almost like going back to a place where I, where, where I knew everyone. So it was nice, nice to have a bit of a catch-up on a weekly basis. Um, it, it was quite tiring because I was there two or three evenings a week and matches the weekend. But I think when you enjoy something so much, you put a lot more effort into it and kind of happy to go in there and happy to learn. And I suppose when I was there, I kind of realized as well that if I was enjoying it this much and I wanted to go home and do research or I wanted to go home and investigate this area or, or look this up, this is probably something that I should go into uh, in the end, really. Yeah, so I think that there's a couple of things I want to pick out there. Probably the last thing you said there is, you've you've gone into an environment there and almost um test drove what it's like so i think one of the one of the big things that i always um taught to, to new grads around is is sometimes uh, as early as possible try and get those experiences because some, sometimes you know not, not for all therapists but sometimes the environment they think and perceive they want to go and work in sometimes can be a little bit different so i guess you've had that as a, a student you were lucky enough to get that that placement at Barnes as a student which obviously led on to to get an actual a paid position there but again again getting more experience there when you started working there that almost like 
lit your fire to say, you know, I want to do this. I, I'm really, you know, 100% sure, you know, I now understand what goes on in this environment, the pros, the cons, everything else. But obviously that, that I guess gave you that added motivation and enthusiasm to, to continue to pursue that. Then that's probably helped you in getting to, you know, now working you know, exclusively in, in full-time sport. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah. I couldn't highlight that enough as well, because you really do see the pros and the cons of it as well, even when you're just chatting to the first team physios or the, or the academy physios, the 18 physio there as well. You, you don't realise from there that the hours you put in, uh, you know, the time that goes into the job, uh, the stress of the caseload um, in relation to like match days and tournaments coming up, getting players back. It's a very, very stressful environment. But at the other side, some massive pros in it as well. You're working with elite professionals day in day out you really up to upscale yourself on a daily basis in such a short period of time you have a massive mdt around you that you can learn from with numerous different clinical backgrounds um so it was, it was the cons that really uh, sorry the pros that really outweighed the cons for me to to, to why i went into that job you know? yeah and i think that's well the, the sort of second thing i want to touch on was that you enjoyed it so much so then when you were talking there then you were you were almost like wanting to go where you were obviously enjoying going to work enjoying what you were doing there and plus it was helping you to keep, I guess, motivated and on track with like continued CPD. You were looking into maybe new injuries and things that maybe, you know, not covered in that much detail in university or filling in certain blanks of things that you've seen. And obviously having, in, enjoying what you're doing obviously makes, I guess, CPD and learning a lot easier. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, as you said, there I was exposed to injuries in there that I'd never even heard of or dealt with when I was a student. Um, so it was a fantastic experience to learn from the physios that are already there that had such a clinical background in that area to, to learn from. And they could, they could point you in the right direction, stuff to look at or courses you should, you, should, you should look at doing or different areas, different books to read, etc. to upskill yourself. But yeah, if, if you have an interest in the area, it just makes it a hell of a lot easier for yourself. So looking back now, what would you, what would you say, you know, there'll be a lot of guys that you are probably still in contact with from university or your sort of peer group and, and other therapists from other universities who'll be at the, you know, a couple of years out from, from graduating now and, and what are maybe quite made the, the same advances in their career as, as you at the moment. Um, what would you say were some of the main things that maybe have helped you to set yourself apart from those other people and, and, and helps you to, I guess, fast track your own career? Yeah, no fair. Um, I suppose looking back, there was a few things that really I'm glad I done. Really, to be honest with you, one of the one of the earliest things I done was, as I said, I was lucky enough to get the placement number one. But I kind of developed really good relationships and and developed mentors earlier on. Um, as I said earlier on, that they'd really be able to guide me in certain areas and kind of identify the pitfalls that they've had or or give me advice about particular jobs or you know, different different uh, bits and pieces like that just, just to help you out. Because when you're a new grad and you're a student as well, you're, you're kind of in an unknown area and you, you can't really identify where you want to go or, or how you can get to that area as well. Um, it's very hard to lay out that path. So if you do develop a mentor or a few mentors, I think you're absolutely laughing because they can just guide you in that direction that you need to be in. Um, another bit for me was obviously when I, when I graduated, I got the job in Barnsley. Um, you know, I, I, I was I was developing really well, but again, I was kind of stagnating in a certain area that I didn't really have an appreciation for for a set approach to how I was going to deal with a patient, subjective, objective, et cetera, treatment. And I eventually, you know, joined the, the new grads uh, physio mentorship and that gave me that structured approach, uh, gave me that subjective, the objective, the treatment plans, the, the step planner for me to follow. Uh, and it really helped me, number one, in the NHS, uh, even with the medical side of stuff. It helped me in my private practice with patients that I was having problem patients with. 
uh, and obviously it helped me massively in Barnsley and eventually I still use still use it to this day with Leeds as well. So I think they were the main two things for me. I established mentors mentors earlier on and I got into a mentorship as well with yourself, which uh, which really progressed on my career in a really short period of time. Cool. Um, I guess just to sort of finish finish up, and would be would there be any other additional uh, advice? Obviously, I mentioned there about I guess mentorship and getting that support. But would there anything else that you would maybe advise both students and new grads that that they could also do um, to help them take their sort of first steps towards their own, I guess, dream job and, and fast track their own career? Um, yeah, just, well, it's, it, they were the main things that I would have done really, and they've helped me out massively. And I can't, I can't uh, go. I don't want to go back to them again, but I can't really advise them as uh, you know more than I can really because the help I got in relation to interview prep, uh, CV prep, uh, tips and tricks, like you know, get 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 my foot in the door in certain jobs, um, improve my clinical skill set. You know, I had coaching calls with yourself, Andy, and with. with the physio at Barnsley and, and, and one of the physios at private practice quite regularly with problem patients I was having. Um, and again, it just gave me different tricks and ideas and areas that I needed to look at and, you know, have a check this out. Uh, how has how, how your structured assessment been? Has, uh, what, what's your detailed plan for, for the rehab? Um, I think that kind of stuff really sets you apart as a physio. And it made me realize that, you know, clinical reason is king really to a certain extent because uh, at the very start when I was qualified, I was kind of just throwing everything at it. Um, you know, my assessments were a bit all over the place and my subjective was a bit all over the place, but I've really, really learned to kind of fine tune it and, and use my time wisely and, and uh, more specifically as well. So I'm able to get results far quicker than I ever was. Um, so I hate to go back to the same really two answers, but they're the main two things that I really would advise a new grad to, to establish a mentorship or, or to establish a mentor and really uh, just learn from really and learn the mistakes and the pros and cons that you can learn off them as well. In relation to maybe to put a different spin on that, what what would you maybe any any like sort of career based advice? Obviously, you talked a lot. I guess the, some of that was the career stuff. And obviously, we did quite a bit of stuff together. But uh, obviously, yeah. I touched on some of the clinical stuff. But would, would there any sort of career tips or tricks that I guess um, you think might help other like guess students or new grads who are wanting to again take that first or next step? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid, um, and that's that's something that I was guilty of as well. You know, I think it's a great idea, obviously, to go into the NHS if you can, if you want to get your rotational experience. But I was afraid to go into private practice. I was afraid to go into sports straight away because I felt that I didn't have enough experience, and I think everyone has that feeling once you graduate. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have a little bit of trust in yourself, just apply for the job, go for the interview. The interview will be a great experience if you get it or not. Um, so that'd be one of the main things that I kind of regret looking back, and one thing I wish I could change as a new grad. Uh, if if you feel like you have the experience from a from from a student in different placements, um, you know just just go for it, give it a go. You've not, you've absolutely nothing to lose. Uh, if if there's anything, you're just going to learn from your mistakes and learn from that experience in general. So that'd be the main thing that I would take out from from being a new grad. That's awesome. I think awesome advice for any sort of student or or sort of new grad listening. So just like to say, Dave, thanks for your time today. I know you're busy getting prepped and ready to go back into uh, to training uh, at sort of Legion United. So I know you're pretty. Pretty busy man at the moment, so I really appreciate you having having you on. Brilliant. No, thanks very much, Andy. It's been great. Uh, much appreciated, and best of luck with the rest of the uh, rest of the podcast. Cool. And obviously, first first ever guest. So obviously, very uh, very special episode on the the New Graph Physio podcast. Very privileged, I must say. Yeah. No, thanks very much for having me on. It's been a great experience as well for me. So. Awesome. Thanks again. So really great. Thanks to, to Dave for joining us. Um, if you'd like to hear a little bit more, so if you're having, having some of the same struggles, 
that's what Dave was talking about and we sort of discussed on this sort of podcast and you maybe want to learn a little bit more about how to take your your own next step or first step as a, as a new physio, sports therapist or sports rehabilitator and just get in contact. So the easiest way to do that is either reach out to me on any of my social media channels or just email me directly, andy at newgradphysio.com. Thanks for listening to Andy Barker's new Grad Physio podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, you will love his website, newgradphysio.com which is packed full of free content to help you, a new grad physio, sports therapist or sports rehabilitator, overcome the specific challenges you face day to day in your clinical practice, working in the NHS, private practice and sport. Here you can get links to all his other podcast episodes, read all his blogs, find out about his book and his upcoming courses and the new grad physio membership. You can also download Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio. Get access to all this by visiting www.newgradphysio.com. The New Grad Physio was built to help as many new grads as possible. So if you have enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and even better, tell someone else about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned. And here's to the start of your own successful new grad journey.